Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It has been said many times, mostly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games out there that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollar on. And it can lead to a serious case of, well, I think what the kids call a fear of missing out. Um, there, I mean, everywhere you look, there's a great game that you can be playing. And this podcast sort of digs into uh, some of those games that uh, people who I have on the show, my guests and I, play and enjoy. Or sometimes when we're lucky enough to talk to the people who make the games and who write the games. And that's what this episode is right here. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, um, you will have heard me talking to Andy Hobday, of course, uh, from Footsore Miniatures. And we've talked to Tim from Footsore as well, Footsore US. But today we're going to talk to some more folks from Footsore because the thing that we've talked about with those other past Footsore guests in the past has been a game that I am so excited for. Um, it's it's the, the rule set that takes their very successful Mortal Gods game and takes it from a more historical standpoint into a more fantasy setting environment universe. Um, it's taking the best of... Greek and Greek history and meshing it with myth and monster. It is, of course, I'm talking about mythic, and I can't wait to talk about this with our guests today. Let's start with them, shall we? Uh, so first we have Mark, who is, of course, old school GW, like many of us in the gaming industry are these days. Uh, a man who uh, was at one point uh, uh, one of the guys who helped bring Warlord into existence, and then spent some more time with Games Workshop before jumping back to Footsore Central, and now he is one of the owners and the organizers of everything Footsore. Mark, welcome to Cast Ice. Good morning. That was a very good introduction there. Thank you very much. Anytime, anytime. Matt, it is a pleasure to have you on. I know Andy spoke very highly of you the last time he was on and uh, your credentials, so it's great to have you on as well. It's Pretty soon we're going to have to have the Footsore receptionist on, and um, you know the guy. The, I think we at Games Workshop, we called them the Blister Sisters, who would uh, pack all the product, because I, I think I'm running through your Rolodex. I, there's, I'm talking to most of the employees. I think you are. Um, if only we were that big. Um, we're, we are quite still a little team. I know we make a lot of noise, but, um, you know, there's literally four or five of us. We're not much more than uh, a couple of guys in a shed, um, but we do uh, we do uh, get out a lot of product. So, uh, yeah, we're quite pleased with uh, our size and uh, what we're doing. Yeah, you guys put out, for for being a smaller game company, you guys put out a lot of products that are, I mean, amazing quality um, and then a huge number of games to boot. But let, before we get to that, it is rude not to introduce our other guest, uh, a man who was once one of the playtesters for Mortal Gods, someone who was so involved in the process, they actually started writing rules for the game itself and is now um, one of the guys who is largely responsible for Mythic itself. Of course, I'd like to welcome George from Futsar. George, welcome, man. How you doing? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Mate, now I have to thank you guys, of course, for coming on early in the morning your time. It is, uh, it is not always uh, easy to talk with Australian uh, time zone uh, hosts, so I appreciate you guys coming on. But I'm not sure which way you would like to go, but let's talk a little bit about the process of going from Mortal Gods, the historic game, to Mortal Gods Mythic. Was this always part of the process? Um, Mark, does you do you want to talk about the process? So um, when we first started Mortal Gods, it was a historical game. Um, that was the objective. We wanted to look at um, uh, skirmishing in ancient Greece. And um, there's been lots done with uh, the big major battles of the period. Uh, and, you know, I have several hundred painted Greeks that were all on square bases for Warhammer ancient battles, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, as, you know, back, back in the day, there seemed to be time to paint the armies. Uh, but not these days. Everybody is, is time poor. So we wanted to look at an interesting period of history that was that didn't need all of those figures and actually when you when you dig into it there was an awful lot more going on than just the big major battles so mm -hmm. do, doing a skirmish game made sense in a period that we really liked and 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 that was the objective we weren't looking at doing a mythic expansion uh, at that point when we launched the game 
everybody got really excited. Um, and then we were like being asked for all sorts of stuff, you know, Persians, Kushites, everything that you could, everything that you could think of. It was all, we were getting bombarded with stuff like that. But, but for every one of those, everybody was like, Oh, can we have Hydras? Can we have Jason and the Argonauts? You know, where's all the mythical stuff? We want to be able to do this as well. So we were, well, obviously in, intrigued by that and thought, Oh, right. Okay. So people are, are, don't just want to play the historical games. They do want to look at the mythical side of it as well. So that's where we decided we would go and have a look at uh, look at mythic and do and do a supplement for it. And then, obviously, um, for us, it's really important that it was balanced because we didn't want somebody to have have painted a, a, a low cost, say, three hundred points worth of Greeks and then not be able to use it against a, a mythic army. So so the rules are balanced that we can do that. And that's where George comes in, because George has worked really hard to make sure that we've got a, a very balanced game. Yeah, that's that would that strikes me as a bit a challenge because of course, you know, you spent so long writing a nice balanced uh, rule set in Mortal Gods, which we'll talk about more in a minute about how that process, about the game itself works the the engine the system so to speak but then to take all of the supernatural who you know by definition have super abilities that are beyond human capabilities and then balancing that with the game that is traditionally historical i can imagine that that might have been a challenge um george you want to talk about the process of how you went about doing that uh, yeah so one of the as mark said the main thing we wanted to keep was the balance between the original core game and the new mythic stuff to ensure that everybody can play and have fun, mm -hmm. whether you want mythic creatures in your force or not. Uh, but the the big challenge was to make the monsters still feel big and scary, but also fit in with that balance. Mm. Um, so what what we did is looked at maybe two or three key points from each monster and exaggerate that to really get the feel for the monsters. Um, and then just played so many games <laughs> to, <laughs> and tweaks and uh, just to get them to feel right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that on one hand, it sounds like that could be an arduous process is to go through and to play test, play test, play test, play test to make sure nothing's broken. But man, that must meant you got a lot of good games in. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we enjoy the game. <laughs> the main reason we made the game is because we enjoy playing it. So playtesting is not a not a problem for us. Nice. Yeah. Now, now Mark said something when we were setting up before that um, I think might bear uh, a little bit, and I'll let Mark explain more in a second. But he said that sometimes when you're playing with mythic things, you you bulk out the force, you go from having 300 points, for example, to maybe 500 points. And I guess, is that to make um, some of those bigger monsters uh, who may cost the points so that they do balance when you're facing a, a force of perhaps normal mortal god, quote-unquote, humans? Yeah, so some of the big monsters, like the big, big monsters are around 100 points. Um, so... The main the main reason for the increase in point size is because you'd only get a handful of monsters right. in a force for it to be balanced against a, a core force um, and for them to still feel big and scary. Mm -hmm. uh, so w what we found when playtesting is we jumped up to 400 points and then 500 points. And 500 points is about the sweet spot for um, having a fairly quick game. Um, which which we like because we're all old and uh, yes. <laughs> got other things that uh, want our attention. Well, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I think that's – and that's something that Andy and I spoke uh, about a fair bit the last time he was on. He talked about one of the, the key features of Mortal Gods, not only what Mark said before about having smaller size games so you're able to assemble and paint forces when you might be time poor. Uh, if you, know, you're, it's, you just don't have time in your daily life to fully assemble and fully paint a giant army. Um, whereas not only is it that, is it fast to sort of set up, paint, and build, but it's also fast to play. It's it's a short, sharp gaming experience, but it's also got that tactical depth that we like. It, it, it's it got some, some room to wiggle about as far as strategy-wise, 
but also you're not spending an entire day playing it. Right, Mark? Yeah, that's correct. Um, the idea is that it is fast and furious. Um, and um, in, in some ways, you don't get to make a lot of those tactical decisions. Do you, if you want to go on um, great flanking maneuvers and stuff like that, um, the system won't necessarily allow you to do that. It is, it is about uh, fast activation. So when, when you activate, um, what happens is you have, generally speaking, although people use different colored pebbles, you have black and white pebbles. You might have white pebbles for your normal troops, black pebbles for your commanders. They all go in a bag. You take it in turns to draw, and whatever you draw means that you can activate. So also in that bag, though, is three red pebbles, three omen pebbles. Mm -hmm. And when the third omen's drawn out, then the turn ends. So if you've sent your uh, a, a big unit on a, 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 a sweeping move down the flank, all of a sudden the turn could end and they're left out in the middle of nowhere. So mm -hmm. you have to be quite decisive about the way you use your forces. So... Um, uh, it, 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 it's it's kind of I go you go, but you never quite know what's happening. And then also the the other thing is if you've if you've picked a small force, that means you get less pebbles. So when it comes to your turn and you've you've run out of activations, you give that activation to your opponent. So somebody who's got a a, a force of maybe like cheaper lot uh, cheaper troops, but a larger force on the table, then gets to run around a lot more and do more stuff. So it's quite it's quite balanced in that way as well. And that makes sense. I mean, what if you're talking about a giant force that is sort of, you know, forming an amoeba almost around a smaller force, it makes sense that the smaller force would be outmaneuvered by the larger force. And again, that just feels good to see. I mean, it feels right to see that sort of that sort of logic play out on the tabletop as a gamer. I think a lot of games are um, they're very visual. I think we all like having nice terrain and we like having nice painted figures. And I think, again, it's that almost cinematic look of the way your troops are moving and being surrounded and you're countering and you've got all sorts of things going on. And I think that kind of creates its own game narrative, which is why the games are quite nice uh, and exciting. If you've got all of those elements, you've got the scenery, you've got the figures, you've got a rule system that makes it exciting, then that's how you want to spend your evening, isn't it? Well, I mean, cinematic is, is I guess, the name of the game. You want someone to lose themselves the, in, in the immersion of it, right? But, I mean, let's talk about how good those models look. I mean, you guys have incredibly talented sculptors doing your models to start with, but then the monsters that you guys are putting out for Mythic and the mythical creatures on the smaller scale are fantastic. Um, you guys want to talk a little bit about, you know, the process for that? I know a lot of companies are going digital, but you guys are fairly, it's still old school sculpting, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, so we had the opportunity to work with, uh, Trish Cardan on the big monsters and, and mm -hmm. a lot of people will know her from, uh, Forge World, uh, mm -hmm. and also, mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, Marauder Miniatures, and, um, you know, she's probably sculpted seven or eight hydras now. Um, and, and this is her last one. So um, when I got the opportunity to have a chat with her um, and, and talk about the monsters and stuff, and if she wanted to be involved, she was, yes, she wanted to do, she wanted to do uh, uh, some bits and pieces with us. Uh, and, you know, you're right. She's an old, she's an old school uh, sculptor. She likes to, she likes to push Putty around. Uh, and when we talked about, the theme for Mythic, we, we we bounced ideas backwards and forwards. There's like the classic looking monsters, and then obviously we're all we're all uh, affected by modern movies and stuff these days. So it was the Ray Harryhausen images and stuff as well. But mm -hmm. we wanted to give Trish the freedom to put her own spin on it. So uh, basically. I gave a carte blanche and went, go make me a Hydra, please. Uh, and she came back with a Hydra, which was uh, just just awesome and, uh, and blew me away. And then um, our resin guy saw it and cried because it was so big and, into, <laughs> and needed yeah. cutting up into so yeah. many pieces. Um, so it's a it's it's a really big kit. It is it's as you know as big as at least as big as most of the monsters out there. And I think it's as big as the Plastic Games Workshop Hydra. So uh, I did a size comparison the other day. So that was big. 
then we got to the Cyclops as, as the next one to do. Mm-hmm. And again, I just said, about the same size as the Hydra, you go away, come back with something. So she did a fantastic job on that. And then when we asked her to do the Gorgons, we wanted her to do Medusa and the Sisters. Um, obviously, the old image is, is Medusa's is beautiful and um, obviously with a, lots of snakes and stuff in her hair. She came back and did something a bit different and made her look pretty revolting, as are the as are the sisters. Mm-hmm. And again, the way she's captured them is is fantastic. So you've got Medusa with her bow and her wings, and then you've got the two sisters with the two sisters uh, in myth, where uh, you know they were they were impossible to kill. But in our game, you you can kill them. But when the three work together, they're an awesome they're an awesome force. Then she did the harpies for us as well, and they were just again fantastic. Um, so I'm sure you will have uh, some people will have seen them up on up on the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. They just they look great, and they they work as a unit. So she designed them to fit on a round base, and then after that she did the centaurs, which for me are probably the best centaurs I've ever seen. Um, they just they, I, I just can't get enough of them. I should be I should be painting loads of those, mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Trish couldn't do everything, so the obvious person to turn to then was Stavros. Now, people may or may not know um, Stavros. He, he originally used to work in, I think it's fair to say, in, in larger scale figures. But when Andy wanted to do the Samurai range, um, Stavros wanted to have a go at that for us and did us a cracking sta- uh, range of Samurai. Mm-hmm. Now, when we started on Mortal Gods, he was the logical choice to do the Greeks because he's Greek. So um, uh, he's done the entire range for us. And then when Mythic came along, he's the guy we obviously chose to do all of the human-sized stuff. So we have uh, the different factions uh, in Mythic, and he's what he's done is he's tried to capture the essence of each of the gods in the priests. So the the, the priest models aren't supposed to be gods. You know, they're, they're, they're a priest of Hades or, or they're a priest of Zeus. So... It was trying to get that, and he's captured that really well, and he's done lots of other things for us as well. He's just been doing the satyrs, which are the the the, the stretch goals. Um, so he's he, and he's got some other stuff coming to the post, which I'm hoping I'll get to look at on Monday. So we've got a fantastic range from big monsters sculpted by Trish, all the way through to all of the other core and really important stuff sculpted by Stavros. Yeah, they. I mean. Those big monsters are exactly what you were describing. They are monsters. They are huge, and just that you can get the sort of the old school analog feel just looking at them. The detail that is in them is just something you don't see in a lot of the the new sort of modern digital sculpting. Just all of the models in particular that I've seen. I mean, you're going through the harpies. You're going through the gorgons. And there's individual wrinkles on there that, as you say, just look revolting. And you're looking at them going, God, that's ugly. And then in the same breath, God, I need to paint that. And that's not usually the something that you want to say. But it, you know, given that it's Medusa and the Gorgons, it makes sense. But the models are exceptional. Um, now, if you are looking, and I know that radio makes for bad description of how beautiful models are, boys and girls, but if you look at Kickstarter right now, if you go to Kickstarter and you go to Mortal Gods Mythic, if you Google search Kickstarter Mortal Gods Mythic, um, you will see, I mean, clearly, A, it's funded, but, but more to the point, B, you can see pictures of all of these models, and they are exceptional. Um, again, as you mentioned, I love that all the harpies um, have that dynamic movement, and yet they're on one base, um, which is fantastic. I mean, it that is truly awesome. And just the way um, that all of the models just have a life of their own is pretty spectacular. And I do love the priest with his arms raised up in the air and the dagger. It's very cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually having a really hard time telling which force I, I should probably get um the devoted of zeus gets me as you say those great um oh centaurs but god there's just uh, i'm having a really hard time telling what to get so um i guess george before we talk about the kickstarter itself you want to talk about how some of the forces work in this because i keep looking at the different gods you can have the devoted of zeus you can get the pantheon um, there's the forces of Hades, there's Hera. How, how does this all work together? Because I know that 
their sort of nationalities or city-states in the regular Mortal Gods game. But Mythic is so we going more, I guess, God-based. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so we've loosely grouped the creatures into um, God categories or mm-hmm. factions, if you will. Um, this is mainly to just give people the ability to pick up a pack of cards and they can theme the force um, around a certain god and get playing. Um, one thing to note, as with the core mortal gods, there's no hard limit on the factions. So if you want to take, uh, say, Medusa and the Hydra in the same force, there's nothing stopping you. Oh, the cool. only thing is if you stick within the factions, you'll get... Um, benefits which you won't get if you mix and match um so that's really the we, we didn't want to limit people because everybody wants cool monsters mm-hmm. so it, it'd be insane to say right you can't take this monster and this monster if you want that then that's fine um but when, when it comes to the um the decision of the uh, to group the forces, so like Hera uh, with the Medusa, we wanted that to be that's quite a fast force. Uh, so we've got the Harpies that can fly, which is a, a new rule uh, that we've brought into Mythic. Mm. Um, so they are not hindered by terrain or other models in their way. So that gives us a really fast mobile force that can. Um, hit hard. They are quite fragile, um, but they uh, I mean, they've got an attack stat four. And they've got uh, a wild card to attack, so they're a very tough unit in the game. Um, and then Hades, obviously, everybody has asked us for skeletons, mm-hmm. uh, and why not? Everybody. I mean, I want skeletons. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Mark wants skeletons. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> So with the Hades force, we really wanted to capture the the scene from Jason and the Argonauts, uh, where they're lumbering forward. Um, so they're generally quite a slow-moving force, but then the uh, Priest of Hades has got the ability to order a frenzied charge, um, which would cause the skeletons to be, become very aggressive and very quick. Uh, and then we've got Zeus, who is a, an all-round force, really. We've got a mixture. We've got a lot of hard-hitting um, armoured units. And then we've got the satyrs, which are uh, light troops um, and skirmishers. Uh, and then finally, the hero faction. Uh, with, the, with these guys, what we wanted to do is give people the ability to boost up their core force or the force that they've already got mm-hmm. um, so the hero you've got Jason the Argonauts, we've got Perseus in there, we've got um, a few named followers from Jason like um, Orpheus Atalanta but the, the main idea with those is you take your normal core force that you've already collected painted and been playing with and then you can plug Jason and a few groups of Argonauts in there to make them feel really heroic That's and bring awesome. them up to, um, like, to make them feel really uh, mythic mm-hmm. uh, without having to... Because we know not every, not everybody wants the big monsters. People are quite happy with the historical side of things, so that's just a way for them to come into the mythic fold without having to lose that historical element to their games. Totally. Totally. Well, I mean, as you said, though, you can even run a regular... Mortal God's force against these big monsters. Um, so even if you personally don't want to sit down and paint the beautiful Cyclops model and you want to use your existing force, you can do that. Um, and all you need is your original force and it's still balanced, which is you know, pretty awesome to, to just open up the game like that in almost a brand new universe to be able to ex- you know, uh, include the models that you already have collected and have painted, especially if you're time poor like some of us. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that was one of the main things that we said from the beginning with this project is pe- the people who've already got a force need to be able to play without, av- without needing anything new if they don't want it. We don't want to leave anybody out. We want 
and we understand that it's too that you've got the historical and the fantasy and some people aren't going to want the fantasy but their friends might so we wanted them to be able to still play with their friends absolutely well i have i have a lot of local friends who are very excited about skeletons and you did mention skeletons and how everyone wants to play skeletons so maybe we should use that as a benchmark to talk briefly about how they work um maybe how do skeletons sort of size up side to side against normal humans in the game are they um for example if you're looking at mythic and you already play what can you expect if you face skeletons across the table all of a sudden so a skeleton unit on its own uh, next to a a human unit is very fragile so Mm -hmm. the um I mean, for people who've already played, they've got a resistance of one. They've got um, a low courage value. Um, So they're going to be quite easy to deal with as a single group. What makes them um, really unique is they're a a cheap unit, so you can take lots and lots of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... In the standard game where we've got the the phalanx formation where you can form hoplites up to create a defensive uh, formation, the skeletons have the ability to form a horde. So you can the tri- lovely triangle bases that we've got, you can mm-hmm. join those all up together and then that creates a horde. Um, they don't gain any defensive bonus for it, but they gain a massive o- offensive bonus. Nice. Um, they're not... Hint- they're not um, because it's not a, a defensive formation, they're not restricted by the scenery as a phalanx would be, so they can flow and move around the table. Um, and then they suddenly become very scary. Um, another thing that uh, really sets them apart is the priest of Hades mm-hmm. has the ability to manipulate the skeletons. He can raise them from the dead. He can force them to do extra activations. So they may get one or two activations more than a standard unit in a a game round. Um, And he can order them to go into a frenzy, as we've seen in Jason and the Argonauts. Yes, I love that you guys have included that in the rules. It feels just like you're stepping back into those old movies, which, you know, as a kid, when you're watching them on Sunday afternoon you know, just grabbed your attention. And, you know, to be able to put that on the tabletop hits me right in the nostalgia, and I love that. So uh, (laughs) thank you very much for doing that. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, Mark, I did say I would come back. Shall we talk Kickstarter? Now, you guys have been live for about, uh, what is it, 10 days now? Um, And you are at $48,000 out of a $19,000 um, I mean, I'm speaking Australian dollars here. Sorry, guys. It yeah, translates that's in. Cool. So you are um, you're you're two and a half times what you needed. So you are well in. Um, and at this point, you guys are just crushing uh, extra goals. And you know, once you start, once you pass um, certain stretch goals, you already have the satyrs, um, both types of satyrs, and the free mythic cards and. The extra Seder leaders uh, with free PDFs and everything else. I guess the free PDFs isn't there yet, but we're almost to that stretch goal. You guys are just knocking through stretch goals like crazy. Um, you got to be pretty happy about that, right? Yeah, um, you know, we 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 put it up there with what we thought was a, a reasonable goal, um, and uh, we knocked that out of the park in about three hours, I think. Um, and uh, it's 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 just kept going, which is really good. So there's a lot of enthusiasm there. Um, we are uh, obviously, uh, I, I think, for a lot of our regular customers, um, they may not have used Kickstarter before. So um, we've been fielding lots of questions on, on on that as well for people. We've been trying to be really interactive with people and answer all the questions uh, really quickly. So sometimes there might be uh, three or four of us available and we'll all bombard somebody with an answer. Um, and other times there might just be, you know, one of us available or whatever. So, but we're trying to get to everybody 
as fast as we can. So I think that that talking to people and, and giving them the answering the questions uh, is is really important because it's you know it's just uh, again it's what we do. We engage with our customers and we talk to them and you know we we try and make sure that they're making the right choices because it's their hard-earned cash they're spending. So. Yeah. Uh, it's gone from that point of view it's gone really well um the reason we're going to do the pdf download is there are people out there who who aren't playing mortal gods who would like to play mythic but obviously you need the mortal gods rules to 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 play so by offering the pdf that will allow those people who just want to do mythic to get hold of the rules and then the other bits they need like the pebbles and the dice and that will will do at the end uh, when we when we get to the end bit and we're managing the people how they are actually spending the, physically spending their money so that's really good and we've got more stuff coming um obviously the big thing that trish is still working on uh, is the minotaur and um i just have to say that um she's again to, to to use the phrase knocking it out the park um she's done an excellent job on that and that's going to be fantastic i i have a lot of minotaurs being a x games workshop um but this one this one i think is going to be a bit special so i'm looking forward to that and then we got some other bits and pieces coming up as well there's uh, there's going to be some uh you would have seen on the kickstarter there's uh, uh some freebies coming up for some bits of bits and pieces as well so uh there's a sacrificial altar which is you know is a nice generic uh altar that people can then add up and, and do i'm already thinking about uh, as soon as my as soon as my resin guy makes it, I, I want about four of them because I want to put a symbol of each of the factions on them, and then I want to do one destroyed as an objective marker. So I'll be doing that, and then um, after after that, we've got uh, severed hydra heads. So um, that's, it's probably me, but I always wanted whenever I've had all my hydras, I've always wanted to have something to mark them as you know when you actually finally kill one because in whatever game system. You, you use they're always hard to kill um, but obviously you don't want to go and take the heads off your expensive models just to make it like a uh, you know some sort of victory counter so we've done those so i think those would be popular and then also there's obviously a golden fleece as well so um there's there's those as well and then obviously there's a, a, i think we've got all the satyrs there now uh so there's 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 a lot of stuff to go out with the Kickstarter, and we're just trying to make it as um, exciting for people as possible. So, you know, it's going really well. The support's been really good. Um, you know, uh, the guys like War Games Atlantic who have made the skellies have been really supportive as well. So, that's really good. Um, and the, uh, I'm expecting to see next week the Temple God of Stavros. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I've seen some pretty shots of what he's what he's actually made for us and i think the temple guard are going to look really really themed and really exciting um so again with all of these things with these factions we've tried to we've tried to get that real real feel for each one so you know zeus is a, is always a big strong muscular powerful bloke we, and you know that's kind of like he's a real man's man for for one of a better word mm -hmm. uh hera is obviously was obviously a mythology zeus's wife um and it's best to say that they had a dysfunctional marriage i think yes. um and so she's a bit more you know she, she's just a bit more mean she's you know she was obviously beautiful and attractive and you know but we more more feminine so we've tried to give that feel to the force and Hades was kind of um, uh, the outsider, and obviously with his role running Hades and judging, uh, running, running, uh, you know, judging the dead, all of these kind of things. Um, all of his followers, we've tried to make them look sort of like emaciated, and you know, as if they're not far from joining him, basically. Um, and the, the 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 temple guard that are coming really add to that as well. So that's good, and they're ba they're they're based on the Victrix plastics because. The Victrix guys are really good as well. Um, when we approached them about doing uh, the plastics for Mortal Gods, you know, we were a little company. They're a big company. They, they, you know, they sell massive amounts of plastic toy soldiers and the range is vast. But, you know, they took a punt on us and um, uh, uh, agreed that we could have the plastics. That's so cool. And I love, I, I didn't realize when I was um, doing the research for this, looking at the Kickstarter, that 
I just assumed there was one set of Temple Guard um, because the outlines of the model um, aren't necessarily different. I didn't realize that each and every faction had its own Temple Guard models. That's cool. I can't wait to see what they look like. Um, given how, I mean, the priests for each faction are so individual, and then, you know, the champions as well, the undead champion is, or the fallen hero, I should say, is a fantastic model. I can't wait to see how they, as you say, they match up, because it would be cool to see some big, strong Zeus uh, temple guard and then compare that to the more feminine Hera guard. Um, it's going to be cool, man. This is, it's very exciting, and the you know, given the quality of models that you put out, um, I can't wait to see what what comes down the pipe. So it, I think it's um, I think it's important to say with those that obviously they're based on the Victrix plastics, so yeah. we're a, a, a bit limited. So the, 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 what will make them different is like the 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 real nice helmets and shields we've done, mm -hmm. plus obviously all of our guys fighting units of of threes. So you get eight, say, plastic uh, figures on a frame. So we've made another figure that's really characterful as well, which is just really one of the guys in the unit, but he's also nice enough to be used as a champion as well. So I think when you see those guys, you'll see that it follows the theme of it's all really characterful and, and fits in with the, with, the, with the theme for that force. Oh, that sounds great. Um, let's... Let's take a step back for a second, shall we? Let's let's look at Moral Gods as a game. Um, because I've had a lot of people ask, you know, about how the system plays itself. Um, a lot of people are really interested in the game, especially now that Mythic's coming out. And I know there are new rules and mechanics that sort of add on to the existing Mortal Gods rule set. But maybe before we get to the new add-ons, um, George, can you talk us through some basics of how you play Mortal Gods and how the system works? Um, why don't we start with the activations? Um, or actually, you choose what a good starting point is. How, what makes Mortal Gods sort of what it is on the tabletop? So with Mortal, what, with Mortal Gods, we've got um, what we wanted is a, a fast game. Mm -hmm. um, easy to pick up, but still has uh, tactical depth. Um, so the force creation and things like that are really simple. We have decks of cards that have got each unit on them, mm -hmm. uh, warriors as we call them, mm -hmm. and then you just build your force from the cards. Now each um, warrior, like whether it be, we've got two different types. We've got heroes and companions. So heroes are your leaders usually, um, or second in command. They're really uh, powerful and we wanted them to be really cinematic. So each uh, warrior in the game has a number of activations that it can make. Um, heroes have, uh, leaders have three, uh, normal uh, companions have one. Um, and the activations are dictated by um, a, a selection of pebbles. So each activation on your cards is, is represented by a black or a white pebble. They all go into a bag, uh, yours and your opponent's, and then you take it in turns to draw a pebble from the bag. If it's a black pebble, you can activate one of your hero warriors. Mm -hmm. If it's a white pebble, you can activate a companion warrior. So it's it's run... The, even though the turns are you go, I go, it's the random element is on what unit you can activate. Right. Um, so it, it's quite fast back and forth uh, because you're taking it in turns to do one action at a time rather than completing all the movement for your side. Right. And then your opponent does all their movement, etc. You You draw a pebble, you move a unit or you attack, and then your opponent then draws a pebble and acts back. Which makes for a more dynamic game experience because it means you're spending a lot less time, you know, in some war games where, you know, it's the, the system is more you go your entire turn, I go my entire turn. Means that you can go off for a coffee, have a cigarette, take a nap, and then come back, and your opponent will just have finished their turn. Um, whereas this, you need to be engaged and you, you're, you're far more active in the gameplay experience. Yeah, so one thing that we all find really fun in games is when both players are engaged throughout the entire game. Right. So if 
even if I'm doing my activation and attacking with a, a, a group of warriors, um, my opponent's still involved in that because they can choose how they want to defend and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted people to be involved in, like both sides of the game, to be involved in every part of the game. Yeah. Nice. So once somebody activates, uh, what do they do next? Um, so the, you've, when you activate, there's a series of actions that you can do. Um, you can move uh, or charge. Um, you can shoot. Um, and one thing we, we have is active defense. So if you are attacking your opponent, you mm -hmm. um, declare a charge. You uh, move up and attack. Then your opponent, if they've not already used their activation, they can then... So they can choose to voluntarily use their pebble to gain a defensive bonus. Nice. Um, but the downside to that is it denies the opponent, like so they can't then activate again, right? Because they've already used their activation. So there's, uh, it allows you to, like you can use uh, your skirmishes to deny. Um, your opponent's hoplites activations, and then you can come in and finish them off with the rest of your force and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It forces you to make tough decisions, which makes games interesting. And then, as um, as Mark was saying earlier, once those red pebbles come out, you, you're not sure if if you if you try and hold off a unit till later in the turn um, to see what your opponent's going to do, you may not end up being able to use that opponent, being able to use your force. Because the turn might end before you know the port, the part of your force that you're holding off with gets to do anything, right? Yeah, yeah. So with um, you've got the, the three red pebbles in the draw. Um, the first two you draw will um, activate what we call omens. So there'll be events that will happen either to you, your opponent, or to everybody on the battlefield. Mm. Um, and when the third one comes out, that the the round automatically ends. So even if you've not activated everything, there could still be pebbles in the draw. Um, then the turn will end. So you've got to really manage what and who you activate when mm -hmm. um, in order to make the most of your turn. Because you, like you say, if you are holding off on a unit, the longer you leave it, the less chance you've got of actually activating those. Right. Yeah, that, again, it just forces you to make some tough decisions sometimes, which makes for interesting gameplay. I mean, it, it, it adds that tactical depth. As you say, it's, it's, a, it's a short, sharp gaming experience, but by the same token, there's the choices that you have to make within that gaming experience. It's not just, I'm going to move one model, you're going to move one model. You actually get the choice of, oh, do I defend here? And if I do, I don't actually, I lose the action that that person could take on the tabletop. Um, which I might need. And so there's that, that element of give and take and that gambling. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that we have in the game is nothing ever gets locked in combat. So if, if you can force somebody to defend, and then if you've got more than one activation, you can then move off and attack somebody else. Nice. Oh, that's a great idea. So again, you're a, that more tactical depth. Fantastic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that then. Um, if somebody attacks someone, how does combat resolve in this game? So once you, so when when you declare a charge, um, the charge range is your movement plus d6. Mm -hmm. So if you're within your normal movement, then that's fine. Um, if you are outside your normal movement, there's still a chance you can charge, but you have to roll a die to see what that distance is mm. um once you've joined combat um each card has a number of st stats on it mm -hmm. so your attack stat basically is you just roll the number of dice equal to your attack stat that's right um so in mortal gods we have the mortal gods dice which have got swords shields and a pegasus mm -hmm. on the faces rather than numbers so it's really easy to see what you're doing you don't have to add any numbers up you just roll your dice the number of swords that you've rolled is the number of hits you've scored um if your opponent's defending they would then roll um dice equal to their defense stat and then the any shields they roll will cancel out any swords you've rolled 
Uh, and then that determines the number of hits you've scored. Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, again, those um, sort of bespoke dice that go with the game system. When you're not trying to figure out modifiers and just count up the dice, um, just add to that cinematic experience where you are actually just looking for the symbols and you can just count those up and compare. Um, that's really cool. Nice. Well, George, let's talk a little bit about then, if that's sort of Mortal Gods and just the, the briefest of synopsises. Of course, there is a lot more to the game, but, you know, without bogging down in nuance, um, just for the listener, let's talk a little bit about what, um, now that we have a general idea of some of the, the key points of Mortal Gods, what does Mythic add? Uh, there are new mechanics, I know that, but tell us about some of the new rules and how it, more, uh, Mythic changes some of the, the the ways that you might normally play mortal gods on the tabletop besides the big scary monsters so the the main thing that we've added um to make mythic feel a bit different and to um make it work within mortal gods is we've added in a a way for things to for the scariness of the big guys to actually affect the mortal humans during a game. Mm. Um, so we have a com like a fairly common rule which is called fear, um, where any human will need to pass a courage roll in mm. order to attack something that's fearsome, um, which makes sense. I mean, absolutely. Most normal people aren't going to want to run in and attack a big scary monster. Mm -hmm. um, the next step up from that is terror. So that. Uh, Rather than just passing a normal courage roll, you, there's penalties to it, and it becomes a bit more difficult. And then we have horrifying, um, where, for example, the harpies, when the harpies have killed their target, there's a chance that they could stop and feed on the target, um, which is going to give most people pause. Um, <laughs> yes. So w with the horrifying rule, not only... Does it make it more difficult to attack somebody? But once you're in combat, you're also taking penalties because it's a disgusting sight. You don't want to see it. You don't want to be involved in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another thing that um, we felt that we really needed is uh, mythic defense uh, rule that we've added. Um, so with the mythic stuff, we've kept to the... Uh, what we've got in the car with the light, medium, and heavy defense. Mm -hmm. um, so those defense values make up mo how, how most of the mechanics work in the game uh, regarding combat, so we had to stick to those. But we needed the monsters to feel like, extra tough on top of the heavy defense or whatever. So as we spoke about before, where you would draw a pebble to actively defend or use use an action to defend the big guys if they're when they're attacked by um a non-mythic unit like a normal human they get to defend for free oh nice so it, that just gives them a feeling that they're a bit bit tougher than everybody else um without breaking the system that we currently use. Nice. Um, oh yeah, that's really cool. Uh, like I mentioned before, we've got a few units that can fly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that adds a whole new dynamic. You think you're nice and safe behind a building or behind a, a line of trees and then some harpies come flying over mm -hmm. and start laying into you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, I, I, yep. and again, in a historical game, flying is not a mechanic that you are necessarily going to be using, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Nice. Uh, well, cool. Now, clearly you guys have spent a lot of time on this and you've been playing, playtesting this for quite a while. Um, I guess the question is, as someone who's been playing this a lot, and I know this is a classic uh, question, but you as the author slash developer... What's your faction, or do you sort of play everything? Well, I'm, I mean, obviously, I have to play everything. Mm -hmm. um, my personal favorite, if I had to choose and play any faction from Mythic, my personal favorite is Hera. 
just because of Medusa uh, and her sisters. Nice. Mark, are you also, uh, have you been partaking of the Mythic as well, or have you been sort of playing many, I mean, you guys have a ton of games in your Pantheon. Um, have you had a chance to mess around with Mythic, and if so, do you have a favorite faction? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, obviously, I've got a bit of everything. Um, both George and I paint quite fast, so... Um, and uh, again, we like the visual. So normally, we we will as soon as we get our hands on a a new sculpt and it's uh, it, it's available in either metal or resin, we'll take it and paint it um, <laughs> so that we can field it. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, uh, Hades is my favourite because he's is uh, a miserable old guy like me. So nice. um, uh, and when I first got my uh, skeletons, I was extra sad because I put cross straps on them so I could hang swords off them. And then I took some of our resin helmets that uh, Stavros sculpted, mm -hmm. drilled out the eyes. And then, so I've got a unit that are wearing uh, Corinthian helmets as well. So um, I've really gone to town on mine. So uh, I, quite, I do quite like my Hades force. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so and you got to be looking forward to adding, I mean, a Hydra. Is that, that what the Hades monster is in the Kickstarter? But as you say, monsters can be used by anyone. Yeah. So um, I've got at the moment uh, on my shelf, I've got the one uh, painted by Giuseppe, which I'm hoping that nobody will notice has <laughs> uh, uh, snuck into my collection. Um, but I also have another one uh, undercoated and, and good to go as well in case they realize and they want it back for uh, more photography. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, have you had the chance to put uh, any of these forces on the table? I mean, it sounds like you painted them fast. Um, have you actually had a chance to really get your, I mean, it sounds like you spent some time um, converting these models. Have you actually gotten that force on the tabletop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, um, you know, we again, we're, we're, when we get all of these things, we want to know, uh, how how they work so when we got the you know when the war games atlantic uh skeletons came along uh i grabbed those uh straight away and i was cutting them off the frames and seeing how they went together mm -hmm. and um in the early days i even made uh some slingers and some peltasts with them as well um which we decided weren't appropriate for 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 the undead uh, probably there was a level of coordination there that a skeleton couldn't achieve. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, you know, I, I played with them and, and did things with them. And then uh, as, as soon as we could, we get them on the tabletop and play test. So, nice. Um, nice. you know, there, there, there's a, a little feverish play testing community that's always uh, making scenery and, and, and building armies and that. So we like, you know, you, you, you can play test with like proxy miniatures and stuff, which is all fine. But as far as but, possible, we yeah. like to immerse ourselves yeah. in it and, 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 and do it, do it all. Yeah, exactly. And that's especially true. I mean, I think that just speaks volumes to the level that you guys play tested that you were trying out different units and you actually took the time to build those units and put them on the tabletop before you figured out, you know what, maybe not these guys and you put them aside. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you're a little sad as the hobbyist, um, but as the gamer, you got to be happy that you guys made those decisions and uh, you have a, a balanced force. Yeah, I mean, for us, that's critical. But, um, you know, again, it's all about the inclusivity. I mean, um, right. you know, if I've, if I've painted a stand of, say, <laughs> uh, three skeleton slingers, um, you know, and I don't get to use them, imagine how you would feel if you paint a low cost of, you know, 300 points worth of stuff, and then you feel like you can't play Mythic because your force is irrelevant. So right. that would, you know, be like 10 times worse. So, you know, again, it's that we're wanting to, to be inclusive. If you can field a 300-point low cost and you want to go up against uh, a force of Hades, you, you can do. You might want a few extra figures or you might want to bring Jason along, but mm -hmm. you, you, can still, you, can still, you can still play. There's not much extra commitment to take you to that extra level. And you guys can be fighting, meanwhile, over the Golden Fleece, which is, you know, the, the ultimate objective, right? Yeah, I think, um, uh, obviously, Immortal Gods as well, uh, objectives are, are a key part of the game. So, again, rather than just line up and fight, you want to be able to have uh, other objectives. So, yeah, having the, <laughs> having the Golden Fleece to fight over would be awesome. Yeah, well, I guess that asks the big question. I mean, Mythic, sorry, Mortal Gods is a very scenario, uh, sort of narrative-focused game. Um, are we going to see some new scenarios, and how is that going to play out with Mythic? How does that change, George? 
So in the core game, we've got the scenario generator. Um, what we're going to we'll probably add some specific mythic um, scenarios mm -hmm. in to the supplement book, uh, which will allow you to fight some of the famous uh, battles and fights from uh, the mythology. Nice, nice. Oh, can't wait to play it. Now, um, guys, I hate to say it, our, our time is wrapping up. Um, so I do want to say thank you very much for coming on. But before I let you go, I do know there's been a lot of people wondering what Andy's been playing on your social media page. It A lot of people thought it was mythic. It looks very fantasy, uh, almost historical. Are we allowed to ask about this? Or is it too early in the piece and you guys are just teasing us something rotten? Um, there, there's a lot of teasing going on there. Um, we have got something completely different lined up, um, which is uh, quite a big project for us, and there's quite a few people involved, and we think it's going to be very exciting, but uh, we don't really want to say more than that at the moment, okay. other than um, okay. we will keep teasing. <laughs> nice. Please don't stop because the pictures you guys are posting look awesome, and I can't wait to see what comes of it. Um, do we have an idea of uh, when what we're not talking about might we might hear more um, besides tease photos? I, I'm not looking for an ex actual release date, but do we have a ballpark of when we might start asking you more annoying questions in more increasing regularity, or should we just start that now? <laughs> well, you've started. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've got another another project happening in between because Andy's always got a few projects on mm -hmm. the go. So um, hope, I'm hoping that we'll have um, something for Salute for that. And then the other project is more towards the end of the year. Nice. Well, I can't wait because, uh, I mean, Andy, oh, God, I believe it was Andy teased Mythic on this podcast six months ago. And I know he'd been talking about it way before that. But, um, you know, it, it's been a long six months. And so now I guess it's another 12 for me to wait to see what you guys are doing next. It's always good to have something in the pipe. And you guys are clearly working hard. And um, given the level of playtesting that you give the games that you make, um, just to make them sing, it, it's it's awesome to see. Sometimes with you know smaller game companies, people assume that you don't get the the same due diligence with fewer staff members. But to see the effort that you guys put in is you know it, it's amazing. So thank you very much for the efforts that you have been put in. It it is appreciated, and the games you make are great. So thanks, guys. No, thank you. Well, George, I think uh, you probably have a family to get back to. Thank you very much for coming on today. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. And Mark, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking uh, more footsore game systems with you or Andy in the uh, short near future. Yeah, well, you know, we've always got something on the go, so we're, all, we're always uh, uh, willing and uh, happy to have a chat. That's right. Now, if you guys want to hear these guys talk more about Mythic, uh, of course, Footsore has its own podcast. It's called Footsore Vox. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, with Tim. Mm -hmm. Who has also been on the show. Uh, Tim from Footsore North America, a great guy. So if you, if you want to hear more, you can hear it on that show. Uh, and of course, guys, Kickstarter. It is currently on. And at the time of this episode going out... Um, you have 14 days, two weeks, two full calendar weeks. Uh, but guys, as always, don't wait till the last possible second because I find whenever I do that, I'm like, oh, I'll just wait, I'll just wait, I'll just wait. I always forget and miss it. So um, get in there uh, and get yourself pledged because I know I am and I know a lot of local people are and it just looks great. At least check out the Kickstarter to, to see how cool the monsters look. Mythic looks amazing and i can't wait to play it so guys i think it's that magical time of night when i say uh what our good buddy casey always says may your dice roll hot may your beverages <laughs> <laughs> run cold but no matter what when you're playing the games that we know and love i hope you are having fun good night <laughs>